Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fisted ahead and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So, Sebastian, as we discussed with our listeners earlier in the week, we just wanted to kind of move on with some of our discussion on some of these leagues and we just kind of wanted to talk about the Western States Hockey League, what it is, kind of the year it's had, and where it's going. Yeah, um, it's definitely been an interesting year for you know the WSHL. I don't think looking at them probably a year ago, you'd think they'd still be here and we'd be talking about them today, but uh, they're pretty resilient and um, that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, because I think... I don't know if I had a podcast about this where I brought it up at one point, but I definitely discussed with... Uh, with the boys offline there that I didn't think that the league was going to survive COVID because there's a lot of departures. They were down to, I think five teams. Uh, they were a pretty decent sized league before. And so just kind of want to discuss who they are, what they are, how long they've been around. But uh, as mentioned in the previous episode, they've been around for almost 30 years. They were founded in 1993. They're sanctioned junior ice hockey league through the amateur athletic union. And they play a 50 game series kind of to mimic the NCAA style of hockey. Then came COVID. So they lost a bunch of teams in the league. I was aware of the WHL. First of all, let me backtrack there because the Ogden Mustangs, a team we talk about a lot on this podcast, was part of the WHL for the first nine years of its existence. In fact, the last two years, it went to the the Ogden Mustangs went to basically the championship series against El Paso and El Paso won both those series they have a little bit of I guess this team or some rhinos at this point but uh still love their jersey still rank them in the top 30 because that is a sick sick jersey El Paso but come 2020 we all know what happened it was a very ugly year for the world the sports world wasn't immune from yeah. the thing, from the occurrences of, of COVID and still isn't. But in April 2020, the WSHL lost the the following teams. It lost the Fresno Monsters, the Las Vegas Thunderbirds, Northern Colorado Eagles, the Ogden Mustangs, the Ontario Avalanche, the Pueblo Bulls, the San Diego Sabres, the Southern Oregon Spartans, and the Utah Outliers, all of which went off to the USPHL. The Oklahoma City Junior Blazers then left a few weeks later. And they went to the NA3HL and then the El Paso Rhinos that managed to take out Ogden the last two championship series for the WSHL. They went off to the NA3HL with the intention of moving up to the NAHL, which they have, in fact, done. I think they still keeping their NA3HL team, though. So but they've kind of advanced the one team up to the North American Hockey League. So that said, the team went down to about or the league went down to about five teams, man. Yeah. And I think, and it's almost, it was almost a double-edged sword of leagues going through COVID. You know, many leagues said, you know, let's try, let's see what we can do. Um, once the new season started, you know, not everything was perfect. You know, some, some leagues had it perfect and it ran smoothly. Some, some leagues, you know, didn't go so well and some leagues just didn't play. And I think the leagues that didn't play, went through this transition where I don't want to call it ownership groups, but ownership groups basically went, well, 
we got to make our money. And I, and I don't blame them. It's that's their business. That's they're not they're not owners just for fun. That's some of the pe- some of those people. That is their one business. That's where they make their money. That's how they feed their kids. That's how they put a roof over their heads. So they decided, okay, we need to go from you know plan A to plan I would call it A2 because I don't think going to a different league at the, you know at the same level ever is going to be a plan B, but going to plan A2. And that's what a lot of teams did. And a lot of teams now found a home in these new leagues and decided to stay in that league and play. And, and we've seen from everywhere, even the ECHL, we had players who um, got permission to go play somewhere else on a different team. And, you know, maybe they're a free agent. Now they're signing with this new team because they had such a good time or, you know, they, they really liked where they were. So that was kind of the double-edged sword of teams going forward and teams not going forward through COVID. I don't blame any league for saying, okay, listen, we need to figure this out. Let's be safe. At the same time, I don't blame owners. Like I said, I wouldn't call it jumping ship, but jumping ship to a different league to make sure that they're able to continue playing um, for themselves and, you know, for the players. So, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm more than happy to see this, this league kind of regrow. It's kind of like a, it's got a rebranding without rebranding with these new teams jumping in. Um, and, and I'm glad that they're not being punished for being safe. Yeah. And it could be along the lines of, again, and if we misunderstood any of the situation, feel free to reach out to us, any of the, any of the teams or the Western States Hockey League itself. But I mean, the the way I read it is basically a lot of teams found new homes due to the pandemic, uh, because like you said, they needed to find a place to play and skipping year really wasn't going to be an option. And then there was a lot of teams that collapsed because of it around the world. Uh, and there was a lot of teams I know up there in Canada that really struggled with not being able to play at all. If, if, you know, if they got a few games, that was amazing. But uh, a lot of those leagues weren't able to play at all. So there was a lot of ownership groups, a lot of teams out there through the pandemic that suffered and, some seriously don't exist anymore because the pandemic took them out. So if we're misunderstanding the situation, feel free to reach out to us. But we're understanding it the best way we know how. Uh, that said, moving forward into 2021, the league stated they were returning for the 21-22 season with uh, six new teams and five returning teams. And they're going to be splitting them into two divisions, the Northwest and the Provincial. So that takes us over to what's kind of happening now, which... They have with the six new teams. I noticed a couple teams in Utah. So they're going to have the Utah Altitude and the Vernal Oilers. I've actually been through Vernal several times, believe it or not, because it's kind of on its way to Colorado. But they're going to have a couple new teams there in Utah. And let's see, the other new teams in the WCHL that they announced. Okay, so the Vegreville Vipers up there in Canada, the Vancouver Devils and the Edmonton Eagles all up there in Canada. And there's a team that... The only way I can read this properly, unless the Southern Oregon Spartans are switching. I don't know what's happening with the with the Spartans, but the Spartans account still exists, but they don't show up on the USPHL information anymore. They still show as a functioning team that I think has had camps and everything, but there's also this new team in the same city in Oregon. So I can only imagine this team's coming back to the WSHL or it's a completely different organization in the same city as the Spartans that will now be participating in the WSHL really have no idea, but feel free to reach out because very curious to see what's happening with the Southern Oregon hockey team. And like you said, you know, there's, it's, it's interesting. And obviously there some, some of these leagues are 
you know, camp are starting and things are moving on. And I, and I did flip through some of these, um, the websites, these teams, and, you know, they are posting photos of camps and inner squad games, but, uh, I don't think we're done seeing this team grow. Not at least, not until the puck drops. That's for sure. If I recall correctly, if it was the Utah altitude, if not, sorry, boys, <laughs> but the Utah altitude's new head coach is actually from Buffalo, New York, uh, where I am from. And it looks like me and the coach are damn near the same age, uh, literally. So that's interesting. But he'll be, the, I think, the, the coach of the new Salt Lake City team there, the Utah Altitude. But, uh, yeah, really exciting to see this league kind of come back to life, for lack of a better word, and not let the pandemic completely really take it out. Because uh, any opportunity players have for exposure to get playing time to continue to develop their game is usually really positive. I say usually because I have to say I've learned enough about the junior hockey world where there are some situations where I'm like, eh, not necessarily best for the player. When it comes to the WSHL, it, it gives it yet another opportunity for those players uh, in the Western portion of North America to get more exposure and be part of a pretty awesome league. You know, we, we always talk about this. So there's so many leagues out there, uh, but as long as they're all working towards the right thing, which is developing players and moving them on to whatever that next level is, there can't be enough. You know, sometimes someone gets looked over and they end up going to what people deem, and I'm doing air quotes here, a lesser league. And they go to that league and they tear it up because they've had time to you know, find themselves, get comfortable, get coaching for maybe even the first time where someone's really into developing them and helps them develop. Next thing you know, they're a five-star recruit and they're going off to, you know, BC, you know, Boston college to play hockey, or they're going off to, you know, a- anywhere they're, you know, maybe they're getting drafted in the NHL or wherever it is. So um, to me, if we can keep these leagues growing and, and teams getting involved and, and not being afraid to really just jump in. I think this is going to be such a good thing for hockey. It is. And I mean, they were pretty open about it on their most recent story on WSHL.org. Uh, where they say, we as the WSHL believe we made the right move in canceling the 2021 season and remaining dormant. Uh, we also believe we have made the right decision in going back to active status for the 21-22 season. Although we are returning smaller and leaner, we're also returning more experience in dealing with international issues that can affect our business model. As we get ready for the new season, individual teams will be attending summer showcases, holding trials both in August and early September, with training camp starting around October 1st. So... It is returning leaner with the provincial division being the Cold Lake Arrows, formerly the Edison Arrows, the Hinton Timberwolves, the Barhead Bombers, the Vipers. I'm just going to call you boys the Vipers and the Edmonton Eagles with the Northwest division being the Seattle Totems, the Bellingham Blazers, the Vancouver Devils, the Rogue Valley Royals, the Vernal Oilers and the Utah Altitude. So 11 teams in this 21-22 WSHL season not sure if they're going to be on hockey TV or if they've struck up anything where you can watch their games. But if not, I'm sure that they'll eventually get that information posted out there and how you can watch WHL hockey. But yeah, really good news that they're coming back for sure. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, hopefully they'll be on, on hockey TV. And if not, um, you know, hopefully we'll find something on YouTube wherever it is. Uh, so if anyone knows about the league or, or is in the league or, even can get us some access to, you know, getting some highlights. Uh, we'd be more than happy to, you know, talk about them and watch them. Like I said, you know, hockey's finally growing again. And I think a lot of us who wouldn't say took hockey for granted before COVID, but, you know, we obviously loved hockey, but, you know, it, I think now we're really realizing how big a part of it is in our life. So um, if you want us to talk more about it, let us know. Let us know where we can find all this information. 
I would say, yeah, we took it for granted. Let's be honest. There's a lot of things we took for granted before before COVID, like being outside around other people. Uh, it's actually super strange right now here in Denmark how open it is. No one's wearing masks anywhere, and it's recommended on public transportation. But it's a very normal feeling around Copenhagen, and that's really weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why normal is weird now, but normal is weird because it's just a very normal vibe. But in our heads, it's like, no, I should be wearing a mask. You're too close to me. And that's not the vibe you get here at all. Really. I mean, it's it's we definitely took hockey for granted. There's a lot of things we took for granted during COVID. One of those things was just getting these championships actually pushed through just these world championships that a lot were affected during the pandemic in we talked about it earlier in the year, man, that, that women's world, just all those athletes that took the time out to play in that. And then it just got, while they were in quarantine, just got snuffed out. It just, it wasn't happening anymore. That turned a lot of these players' lives upside down. And I know we were not really happy with the way it was handled, but it's back and it's happening. They say it's happening in Calgary now this weekend. And we just kind of, for you listeners out there, it starts, I believe, tomorrow. We're recording this actually on Monday, August 16th, and you are listening to this on Friday. And this is happening. It's actually going to be moving forward in Calgary. I hope this doesn't age poorly like the last time we tried to talk about the women's worlds. <laughs> you know, so, so we're going to be very cautious about doing any preview. We're not going to really do preview. We're just going to say that it is supposed to be going on starting this weekend in Calgary. And if you check out Megan Johnson's article on TSN, she highlights a lot of the players heading into this tournament. And I think it's going to be a really exciting, long overdue tournament. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, I'm sure you heard that. That's me knocking on wood because last time we talked about this, obviously Eastern provinces of Canada had a bit of a hit, and they decided, you know, this isn't the best place for this to happen. And long story short, here we are in Calgary, and, and they're getting ready to go. They've been through about a week of quarantine at this point. Obviously, they're going to go through the rest of this week before things get moving again. I'm excited to talk about this. I'm excited to watch it, and uh, I, I really hope our listeners tune in to watch it. You know, the women's game is a different game than the men's game. We've already talked about that, but it's different in a good way. Um, I love watching this hockey. Um, it's competitive as hell. And sometimes it's even more competitive than the men's games. If you don't believe me, just watch one game and, and then we can have a discussion if you'd like. No, it's extremely competitive. And I would say there's a lot more viciousness in the women's game, especially from my previous experiences with watching the Junior Women's Hockey League in Washington, D.C. The stuff that happens right along the boards that no one gets to see, you get to see right up close. That's some painful stuff, man. <laughs> that person's not on the ice by by chance they're writhing in pain because they got a stick you know or a spear to the the stomach or elsewhere and uh it's it's competitive all right it's it's very <laughs> very exciting very entertaining hockey and hopefully i can get the the highlights over here but she did highlight in her article with uh, nana fujimoto out of japan the 32 year old goaltender awesome goaltender at one point i believe she played with the riveters in the national women's hockey league 
really, really ex- excellent goalie that should be at these games. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see all the talent hit the ice here finally, because I, that wasn't me knocking on wood. That was me just punching my hands together because this has been a long overdue tournament. And yeah, no preview this episode. We're not doing that again. But there uh, there would definitely be some talk I guess say during and post tournament talk, so definitely be on the lookout for those episodes coming forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're we got a lot of hockey coming up. It's that time of year where everything's starting to pick up. So uh, get ready for it. That's all I can say. Yep, lots of hockey talk coming up. But until then, this is Chris and Sebastian of Pigeon Hockey. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.